I do know what time it is. In case any of you are concerned, it's 1228. I'm not going to be long, I don't think. But I do have something that I feel like the Lord wants you to hear before you leave out of here this morning. And so if you would, turn with me for your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. And I will try not to be long. 2 Kings chapter 5. Stand with me if you would for the reading of God's Word. Second Kings chapter 5 says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of Israel, coast of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. When the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid, they brought out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus says the maid that is in the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for your word. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to preach your word, God. Lord, may the words that I speak today, God, may they be life, may they be spirit, Lord God, and may they be truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to notice with me that this little girl that's mentioned in uh, verse uh, 2, she's just a little maid, and, and she's in captivity. This isn't someone who's set up in a pe- pinnacle somewhere. This isn't someone who's being taken care of. This isn't somebody that's, that's got it easy. This is somebody who has been ripped from her home and has been taken a captive. And now she's made a servant to this woman, Naaman's wife, and she's in this house. And I want to let you know today that even while she was a servant, even while she was in somebody else's house, even while her situation was bad, even though she had been ripped away from her family, even though everything that she knew familiar was gone, even though her, 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 her temple was gone, even though her religion was gone, even though everything was gone, this little girl said this, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is of Samaria, and he would recover him of his leprosy. And I simply want to ask you today, is your faith that strong? Is your faith strong enough not to look at your circumstances and situations and be changed by them and decide that your God is dead simply because you've been taken captive and you've been taken to a foreign land and everything that you know is gone? Or maybe it'd be better if I said it this way, even though you lost your job and you're looking at bankruptcy and everything around you's falling apart and, and your house is, is going down and your car's broke and everything in the world is against you, can you still stand and shake your fist at the situation and and say, my God is able. My God is able. Or are you going to fall in a hole and say, well, you know, if God would have loved me, I wouldn't have become a captive. If God would have loved me, he wouldn't have made me a slave. If God would have loved me, he'd have left me at home with my parents. If God would have loved me, I wouldn't find myself in this situation. I want to tell you, he loves you and that's why you're in that situation. Hallelujah. 
You've got to go through the hardships sometimes in order to find out God can bring you through the hardships. You've got to go through the difficult times to find out that there's a God that's alive and well and can heal and can deliver and can set free. Only question is, can you shake your fist at the situation and tell it, my God is able? Or are you just going to sit there and squander in your snot and tears and die? She was, she was so confident. Listen to me. She was so confident that a king wrote a letter and gathered up millions of dollars in stuff and sent a whole entourage to Israel and said, here's my general, recover him of his leprosy. Where did he get that kind of faith? Where did he decide that God could act? Has anybody ever been healed of leprosy in his family before? No. Has anybody in Syria ever been healed of leprosy by the power of God? No. Has anybody, does he know anybody that's been healed of leprosy by the power of God? No. Then why is he sending all of these people and all this money to Israel to tell a king, recover this man of his leprosy? Why is he sending him? Because of a faith of a little girl who said, you know, there's so many little girls in this congregation that I could hear say this. So many young ladies in this congregation right here that I could hear say those words because they have a faith and a confidence in God that says, I believe what God said, and if he said it, then I believe he can do it. Are you there? Do you have that kind of, the Bible says, unless you come to God with the faith of a child, you shall nowise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Is that, isn't that what it says? With the faith of a child. This child's faith was so great that she convinced a, a family, she convinced an entire king that he would, he, that Laman could be healed if he could just get Naaman to Syria. I mean, yeah, to Samaria. You know, so many times we get bogged down in the details. We get bogged down in the things going on around. We get bogged down in what somebody said. We get bogged down in how somebody disappointed us. We get bogged down in all the details of the junk that is around us. And we forget to listen to the still small voice that says, I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. And all I want to know, is there enough faith in you? Is there enough gumption in you? Is there enough power in you? Is there enough anger in you that you can stand up and say, not today, devil. I'll not be brought about by your stuff anymore. I'm going to stand up today because I believe that my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think according to the power. Is there any power in you at all? I, I just read a, I just read a magazine article I read in my class this morning and basically what it said was 66% of the people that call themselves Christians seldom go to church and seldom read their Bible. 66%. That's from a study from, in 2023 from a company called Gray Matter that was studying the habits of Christian church people for an organization. 66% seldom read their Bible and, and don't go to church on a regular basis. And I want to let you know, I hope you're part of the 34 I hope you're part of the 34. Some of you, some of you agree. <laughs> 
You need to be a part of the 34 because that 66% is never going to trust God. They're never going to believe God. They're never going to have faith in God. They're never going to move forward in God. Why? Because they don't know God. The reason you can say that about the little, like the little maid said, is because she knew God. She had watched God. She had participated with God. She had seen something that had put something in her little spirit that let her know that God was who he says he is. And I'm telling you today that whenever you follow after Jesus Christ, I once was young. Now I'm young at heart, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And I want to tell you this morning that if you'll follow Jesus, that if you won't be a part of the 66% of the people that's gone to sleep, but you'll be a part of the 34 people, 34% of the people that still got a little oil in their vessel, still got a little fire in their soul, still got a little joy in their feet, still got an amen in their voice every now and then. If you'll be part of that one, then you'll be able to speak just like this little maid. And though the world is falling around, around you, though everything around you is going south, though the wrong person gets put in the White House, you'll still be able to say, my God is greater. My God is greater than my finances. My God is greater than my attitude. My God is greater than my governments. My God is greater than anything. You know how you can tell if God is greater? It's whether or not you let him do the work. If you notice, once the little maid made the proclamation, she was done. She didn't go out there and try to do it again. She didn't tell anybody else. She didn't try to make it happen. She just said, well, you know, if he was in Israel, he could get healed. But she said it was such conviction and such authority and such power that a king took notice and sent a man all the way to Samaria to try to get his person healed. And I'm telling you this morning that your faith in God has got to be better than a popcorn bubblegum thing. It's got to be more than just simply a plastic Jesus game where every now and then you go and spin the wheel and hopes he does something for you. It has to come from a relationship that comes from deep down inside of you that says, hallelujah, my God lives my God reigns, and though he slays me, yet I'll trust him because he's given me my all. Hallelujah. There's nothing I have outside of him. In this world, you're going to be disappointed. I can promise you, if I've never disappointed you, there'll come a day. There'll come a day. I'll disappoint you. I won't say the right thing. I won't do the right thing. I, I may not be able to be in a position to answer your call when you really need me. And you'll find out I'll disappoint you. I don't mean to, but I will. And I want to let you know that I, there's only one person that I've ever met or known that's never disappointed anybody, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's always been there every time I call. His phone's never been busy. He's always answered, and he's always responded. And if I can have faith in him, and I can go through the hard times, I'll find he always puts me on top. He always will. So how strong is your faith today? Is it strong enough to overcome all the little voices that you hear in your head? Is it strong enough to overcome all the little voices that you hear in your head? Because a lot of times it's those voices that drive us one way or another. It's those voices that say, oh, you don't need that. That's not for you. I know you're feeling all that. That's just that. Don't, you don't need to get crazy with this. 
You don't need to get crazy with this. Just, it's just religion. It's just religion. Everybody's got a religion. Everybody worships something. This guy just worships what he calls God. This other guy worships Allah. Everybody's got it. It's just a religion. And I want to tell you this morning that what I've got down deep in my soul is not a religion. It's a relationship that burns within. And I trust him. Glory to God. I've let him down, but he's never let me down. Glory to God. I have found this book to be true. I have found it to be trustworthy. I have found it to be exactly what it says it is. I have found that if God wrote it in his book, I'll see it happen if I can hang on till the end. Hallelujah. Daniel's biggest problem was that he prayed to the Lord three times a day. I'm hurrying. I've only been going 12 minutes. Daniel's biggest problem was that he prayed to the Lord three times a day. They tried to find something else they could convict him of and they could find nothing. They said, well, the only thing that we can find that he does is praise to his God three times a day. So what we're going to do is we're going to make it to where if a man asks anything besides of the king, then we're going to cause him to be executed. And so guess what? Daniel heard about the proclamation. He knew when it was signed. And guess what he did? The next step he did was went to his closet, opened up or to his room, opened up the windows and began to pray to God for the peace of Jerusalem. They arrested him. They arrested him for praying. You know, there was a, I'm going to get this wrong, so some of you that are Texans followers, don't correct me right now, just correct me later. But the Texans have a quarterback. C.J. Strouds, I think is his name. Is that right? Thank you. Got that right anyway. He made a statement about Jesus and the news, the media cut it off. They wouldn't let, they, they, didn't, they didn't broadcast that piece. And later on I read whenever they asked him what he thought about it and he basically said, doesn't matter to me. I know what I said and I know in whom I have believed. Doesn't matter if you want to report it or not. Doesn't matter to me. Why? Because his faith wasn't built on whether or not somebody raises him up to some high status. His faith wasn't built on whether or not you think he's smart. His faith wasn't built on whether or not you think he's a good quarterback. His faith is built on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And he knows what he said and he knows why he said it. And everybody got more, it got more attention because they cut it off than it would if they would have published it. I said it got more attention because they cut it out than it would if they had published it. Because it's the faith in God that says I know what God's doing. I know how God's doing it. And all I've got to do is be faithful and he'll take care of the rest of it. All I've got to do is profess a faith that God is a healer and God will take care of the rest of it. Martin Roberts is in the hospital. He had a bad weekend. He ended up going down there to the hospital. Martin, as you know, have been professing for many years now that God's going to heal him of Parkinson's. And ever since he's professed that, he's had nothing but trouble. Gallbladder issues, liver issues, eye issues, all story after story after story. But I want to let you know something. I still believe in a healing Jesus. I still believe, though the doctors have, have given him some good news lately, about his kidney. They, when he first went down there, they told him that his, his kidney stent was infected. It looked like he was going into sepsis and they didn't, know, they, they didn't know what his future looked like. He's got a little bit better proclamation today that, that it looks better. But I want to tell you something. I still believe that God can raise him up. I still believe God can heal him. I still believe that God can give a miracle where he is right now. Hallelujah. Why do you say that, Pastor? It never has worked before, but it might work today. 
God moves in times and God moves in seasons. And all he asks for me to do is to stay true to the time and the season comes together and to be present. And to be present. That's all he asked me to do. And he'll take care of everything else. And I'm here to tell you this morning that I'm 65 years old and I can tell you now from out my entire life, I have watched God take me through hard times. I have watched God take my son through times of seizures, times of, of difficulty. I've watched my daughter go through tremendous financial strains. I've watched our family as we've gone through difficult seasons of finances and jobs and, and, all, and church, church problems. I've watched and I'm here to tell you at 65 years old, I can confess that God is faithful, that God has brought me through each one, that God is worthy of praise, that he is worthy of trust. And I'm not telling you this because I read it in a book. I'm telling you this because I've lived it and I found it to be so. <laughs> I found it to be so. I don't serve some shadow. I don't serve something that gives me goosebumps once in a while. I don't go in there and try to get into a trance to see if I can find God's will. I simply find who God is, go in a prayer closet, hear what he has to say, and then live it. That's all you got to do. So I ask you today, is your faith of such a variety that when God speaks something to your heart, you can simply walk it and let God work it out. That's what she did. She simply spoke what she knew God could do. And it impressed the king. And he sent out a general. And if you complete reading the story, he ended up at Elisha's place. And Elisha told him, go dip seven times in a muddy river. And when he finally went and did it, he came up the seventh time with his skin as clear as, as white as snow. Not as white as snow, as clear as a baby's skin. No more leprosy, no more trials, no more troubles. When did that start? It started with a little girl who had a word of faith. It started with a little girl who believed that God was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do. And all I want to tell you in closing today is don't you dare sell God short. I was listening to a preacher preach, and I'm, this is a story, so it's not long. I'm, I'm closing. I was listening to a preacher preach, and he said a lady called him. He was a pretty well-known televangelist. And the lady called him, and she said, um, I, I, I have one son, and, and I, I, I need him back at my house. He's, he's gone, and I need him back. And the preacher said, well, where's he gone to? She said, he's dead. And he said, he's dead? She said, yes, but I need him back. I want you to pray that God would bring him back. He said, how long has he been dead? She said, 18 months. He said, I started to give her a big spiel about, you know, how being the rapture and God will raise the dead. And he said, I started to do that. And he said, and the Holy Spirit stopped him. He said, don't you dare, don't you dare sell me short. If I want to, I'll put that boy at the breakfast table in the morning. Don't you dare sell me short. And he said, he began to pray for that lady. Now, before you get excited, he didn't resurrect from the dead. But his point was, we sell God short sometimes because we don't think he can do it. We don't realize that he can do it. And all I want to say today is when God lays something on your heart, I don't care how big or how difficult or how impossible it looks, don't you dare sell God short. 
If he doesn't have one, he can create one. If, he doesn't, if, if it's not there, he can make it be there. He can put a dead man, he, he put Lazarus back at the table after four days, if I'm not mistaken. He's able to do, he's only limited by what we think he can do. And I'm telling you today that when God lays something on your heart, don't you dare sell him short. But instead, you believe that you can see what you can see. He said you can see that you will have what he said you can have, that you can walk in the victory he said you can walk in. Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. Why? Because whenever these eyes close on this side, I'll see him on the other side. And no man, when he stands before God, is going to say, you failed me. No man will stand before God. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him against that day. How strong is your profession of faith today? Stand with me if you would this morning. 24 minutes. Is that right? 5, 10, 15. No, 20 minutes. Pretty good. If you're on the board, we have a board meeting today at 5.30. So be sure and be at that. So God bless you. Leave out of here today in victory, confidence. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Seven minutes. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, bless this congregation, Father God. Love them and keep them, Father God. Rest their bodies this afternoon. Bring us back at the appointed hour. We believe you and thank you for these things. In Jesus' name and for your glory, amen, amen. Seven minutes. Hurry up. God bless you.